Now I'm like, life is too short. Be extra. Be extra. <laughs> like, don't apologize for it. Like, if you want to wear high heels to the grocery store, girl, wear high heels to the grocery store. You'll hear from women, leaders, and mothers who are holding hands as we move through life's greatest transitions. Join us for The Rising. Today, I'm hanging out with Caitlin Taylor of Eight Pepperberries. We put this episode together um, sort of last minute to coincide with her launch, which is today, May 6th. It is her launch of summer products for Eight Pepperberries. Uh, most of all, I just really wanted to have Caitlin on the podcast because I want you to get to know the heart behind this brand that she has. And she is just one of my closest friends. So this is a fun conversation. It's semi-structured, but mostly you're going to feel like you are just eavesdropping on a fun virtual hangout between the two of us. Um, I won't even go into everything that we cover because it's all over the map. I really hope you enjoy. And if you do, I want you to share this podcast out because for the next three days, I am going to be gifting Caitlin's new Shine Bright t-shirt to one person who shares this conversation on Instagram, tags both the Rising Yoga and Eight Pepperberries. Tell us what you love about this episode, and hopefully we will be twinning in our Shine Bright teas from her summer launch. Enjoy. How do you feel emotionally? Are you excited? It's still like, it was weird. Like it still hasn't like sunk in, and maybe it's because like I'm preoccupied mm -hmm. like doing other things yeah and like getting ready for this launch and so it's like and I think too because it's like I won't go to the doctor till June so I'm like mm -hmm. you can't see the baby until another month so I'm like so I think like once I see that it will really hit and I think once I feel sicker <laughs> it will really hit it's like hard to feel pregnant or like be like, oh yeah, I'm pregnant, but I still kind of feel great. Mm -hmm. I feel okay. You might just feel so great. Like, I know. Well, I'm like, Could be crazy. I get waves of like nausea. Yeah. But I'm like, my boobs are getting bigger. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't really tell. Like I'm like, boobs are already small, but um so like I feel a lot calmer, I think, this time around. I think like after like losing a baby. Yeah. And then after I lost the first baby, I was like, had this whole like, well, I'm superwoman mentality and I'm going to be that statistic and I'm going to get pregnant like right away. Mm. And it did not happen right away again. Like took my body a long time to balance back out, which now it's like, I have all this, a lot more great information and tools that I'm like, okay, like my, this is how my body works. And like trying to gets repair longer like I've been off birth control like I chose to get off of it a while back not necessarily to have a baby mm -hmm. but to regulate my hormones because I realized I was like maybe it's my birth control that's giving me like really big mood swings back and forth 
then I started researching it more and I'm like, oh, that's a really big common thing. <laughs> Why people like get off of it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, I don't think this is working for me anymore. So I really want to do the, <laughs> I, I say I really want to right now. We're just like not having a lot of sex, <laughs> but um I want to be able to like track exactly when and know like okay this is the week like we really just shouldn't and yeah. this is well that's what I was doing because I was like okay like I have to do something like if I don't want to be pregnant because mm-hmm. I was still in a space that I was like mm, like I want the idea of having another child I wanted but I was like but am I really like ready yet and I don't know it was like a while like a few weeks ago I was like yeah I think I'm ready now yeah and it's like it was so nice that it was like I had kind of already been tracking but I hadn't done ovulation tracking Mm -hmm. which at first I thought I wasn't really even ovulating because my cycle was like almost 35 days and so it'd be anywhere between like yeah then it started getting down to like 31 32 and then I was like like halfway through I was like I don't even know what's going on all of a sudden <laughs> like I was like maybe I'm not ovulating and then I just started taking ovulation test I was like oh I am ovulating. so let's try yeah and so if we follow like you and Drew <laughs> and you got pregnant right away so we'll probably have a girl too <laughs> in like sync with y'all I know it's so funny yeah I feel like we like you guys and us are like a year different uh-huh. but not like you guys got married then pretty much exactly a year later we got married mm-hmm. the engagement was pretty much exactly the same mm-hmm. and like henry was born like almost like a year after Allie, because yeah. uh, we were at Allie's birthday party and henry yeah. was little he was so, so little i know little, yeah we actually were looking back at those photos and we were saying, like, I can't believe they came. Like, they brought such little <laughs> babies. That was so nice. Just knowing, like, or thinking back to Atlee being that little. I was like, I don't know if I was leaving the house. I don't remember. I think it's, like, at that point, I felt like I just needed to get out of the house, too. It was easier was like, being outside, and you're like, okay, I can just leave this place whenever I want to leave. And yeah. Yeah. Everyone that's here also had a newborn, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm not the, the only crew. one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. I think Henry and then Marriott and then Penelope, like one after another, pretty much. Yeah. So I was like, okay. Like, and then like Gunnar and Will were there and they were only, like they were less than like six, six months old yeah. at the time too. And yeah, mm-hmm. wild. I know it's a lot easier when it's like other people have babies now so it's like they're like I get it yeah Mm -hmm. I know I was having fun the other night talking to Allie because we were just like okay listen we both have two kids the other (laughs) women don't understand (laughs) but then she's telling me like yeah but I'm really glad because Graham's a really good sleeper and I was like oh okay this conversation is over (laughs) I know it took like I was like I just prayed I was like I just hope because that's like my biggest thing I was like I need sleep Mm -hmm. I do not function well with like no sleep and 
I was like, that's like my, that's like, like my only biggest fear. It's like having two children right now. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go back to that newborn stage. But now I feel like I'm like, I'm in a better position to ask for help. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, when Henry was born, like I, I didn't ask for like help at all. And then it accumulated into this like huge mountain. And then I basically, I became crippled pretty much. That it was like postpartum depression hit and like I was having insomnia, you know, I was, I literally thought I was going crazy at one point and I was like, I couldn't function. Like I couldn't even like take care of him. Yeah. Like I, I could like, I guess like dredge through, but it got to a point where it was like, I was becoming, I don't know, like the best word for it. Like not aggressive towards him, but like resentful. Oh yeah. Because I was in like this whole state of mind that I was like, I just want to effing sleep, mm-hmm. but I can't. And that made me even angrier. Yeah. And it was like sweet little baby that I was like, oh, like you're just being a baby. Like, <laughs> it almost feels like you're like, are you doing this like on purpose to me? <laughs> Do you hate me? <laughs> Do you hate me? Like, and he would sleep. For a few, like during the night he slept better but he made a ton of noise which then we realized was acid reflux so mm-hmm. now I'm like poor thing I was getting aggravated with you because I couldn't sleep because you were making noise and you were uncomfortable mm-hmm. and but he would sleep like a nap like 45 minutes to the dot so it was like even then like people are like sleep when the baby sleeps You're like well yeah that's great in theory but you also have to kind of unwind like yeah. and it's like by the time I put the baby down or I go to the bathroom or I brush my teeth or I get myself something to eat and then I lay down it's like you can't instantly fall asleep mm-hmm. but then like you're like keep looking at the clock and I'm thinking okay he's gonna wake up 30 minutes he's gonna wake up in 20 minutes and then he's gonna wake up in 15 well I might as well just like not even like try to sleep anymore because he's going to be up by the time I close my eyes and sometimes yeah. it's almost to me feels worse to have to wake up again it's mm-hmm. like okay do I power through this short nap that way I don't have to fall asleep get cozy and then wake up and do it all you know like do the whole but I yeah I'm still getting Lola's nine months and she doesn't sleep well at all like at all <laughs> we're, we're experimenting um but it's like probably six times a night she's up wants to nurse to sleep so it's just kind of like this yeah cycle and then I try to fit in like as big of a window in the morning as I can mm-hmm. but yeah I think the like rage thing is the most surprising but yeah I I feel like I get a lot of rage like toward the baby but then yeah I recognize like okay I can't really get mad at the baby so then I end up like okay well it's got to go somewhere so then it goes to Drew yeah (laughs) like the middle of the night I'm very mean and then wake up in the morning after I got a little like cluster of sleep 
he's very forgiving. He kind of at this point is like, that's you in the night and I'm not going to bring that into the day, but yeah, that was a Snicker bars commercial. Like you're not you when you're sleep deprived. No, (laughs) (laughs) you're not. Well, that's everyone I've talked to also like for these interviews and just in life, I've been asking everyone like, okay, if you had like, your pyramid of like what's your foundational need mm-hmm. for everything else to go well and every like every mom especially is like it's sleep because yeah. and that's I think and sleep and food yeah and it's hard to communicate especially for me to someone who can run on four hours of sleep and still be like the happiest guy ever Mm-mm. so because I, I did say to Drew once I'm like do you do you know that I really need sleep? Like, do you feel like, cause I, I kind of put in my own head, like if I take a nap, you know, on the weekends, like a three hour nap, yeah. which really is like my biggest chunk of sleep all day. But I'm like, if I take a nap, I feel like it's coming across as like me being lazy or not wanting to hang out with the family or so I was saying, like, do you understand that I really just need the sleep? And he's like, well, yeah, I know you're tired, but you know, I, I sometimes think that being tired is just like a mental game. Like you just have to, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, no I don't get it. No. <laughs> it's like one of those things where you're like, you realize why sleep deprivation becomes like interrogation tactic for me. Cause like, yeah, I'd give you it literally start. Yeah. <laughs> like you start to break down and it's like, you become, for me, it's like the walking dead. It's like nothing else like you can go through the motions of things yes I can make breakfast or I can do this or I can do this but it's like mentally I'm just like when do I get a lay down yeah when so it's like you're I'll be physically there but like mentally mm, no yeah not there at all so it's like I'm not present for my kids not present for my husband I'm not present for myself so it's like every task feels 10 times longer yeah and just biologically there's that like you can't emotionally regulate at all either. So mm-hmm. all of those heavy feelings are yeah. bearing You have to fork out, I'll cry. <laughs> Why did you put that there? Again, do you hate me? <laughs> Why? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's like little things and then it's like, you realize later, like you said, like after you get to sleep and you're like, yeah. That was like really dramatic. <laughs> when when I am really tired, I sometimes try to go back to that pleasant headspace or like that well-rested headspace. I'm like, okay, I know that I'm tired, so I'm probably acting a little irrational, but I don't care because I'm tired. Do you not understand? Yeah. It is. It's like one of those like it's just like that primal need that you're just like, you have to have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and for new moms too, I oh, I always think back to like, okay, so how do you support someone who just had a baby if we know all this stuff? And especially, you may feel this way with my second, I felt much more prepared because I was like, okay, I'm going to do it right this time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask for help. I'm going to um, maybe rest when the baby sleeps more mm-hmm. or less, like instead of trying to get chores done, had to kind of talk myself down from like, okay, the laundry will still be in the same place. 
nobody will care. Let's like prioritize things here. But I don't know, like something happens though, once you have a baby and you're home and you just like are immediately thrown into it. And sometimes you leave the hospital or wherever you birthed and you didn't get much sleep there. And then you roll Mm -hmm. right into a baby who's learning how to fall asleep at home and there's like no reprieve. I don't how do you how do you ask for help share your ways I know it's like I think like now it's just like having like with my when I had my first baby when I had Henry we were kind of in unique circumstances that we were living with my in-laws yeah did not necessarily plan to have a baby and then raise my baby for their first complete year and more while living with them because um, we were building our house. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of elements like going on. Um, and because I was on bed rest for so long before, I already felt useless. Yeah. And like asking somebody to like move something for me, I was like, that's silly that's absolutely silly. Like, I think I left like things in the living room for my baby shower and my mother-in-law was like, don't worry. Like we'll put it away for you. And I'm so type A that I'm like, no, I want to put it away. And I want to put it away where I want it to be. Yeah. And I have a hard time being like, no, not there, there, no, not there, there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, just let me do it. Um, so I think I like, after I had Henry, I like learned, I think I just have to communicate a lot more, especially with my husband. Like my husband was on paternity leave, but a lot of that paternity leave, he was trying to build our house. So he wasn't at home as much as like I had envisioned in my mind. And my mother-in-law was very respectful. Like she wasn't pushy and tried to be like, here, let me do this, do this, do this. Um, I got really lucky eventually. By the time I was like really sleep deprived, she looked at me, she's like, I am doing the night shift Mm. and I'm going to take the baby. So if somebody wants to come, I would say, (laughs) biggest thing, if somebody in your family is willing and you have the space, Mm -hmm. take them up on the offer and let them come and stay with you for a couple of weeks just so that you have like how I was saying like Henry would sleep for 45 minutes well if I know Henry's taken care of Mm -hmm. I can go and take a nap and I can rest for whatever amount of time it was Um, I also after I hit my peak and postpartum depression and part of my recovery steps um which I, again, total type A, went and like Googled all this stuff. And I found this like blogger who had kind of, who had recently gone through a baby too. And I looked, she had shared her recovery. I was like, oh my God, this sounds like perfect. But I hired a, at the time, Henry was, I guess like three months. So um, I hired a postpartum doula to come, which I highly recommend And it's something that I'm actually kind of thinking about 
possibly doing again if I don't fit in like family members second go around. Um, she was amazing. She came, like she would fold laundry. She was willing to make little meals for me, hold the baby, feed the baby, whatever I needed for that extra support. And I highly, highly, highly recommend that. Um, look into that because there's so much like, like you were saying, like so much like lead up to having the baby. Mm-hmm. And then they're just like, okay, go home. And I was watching the office the other day and it was the episode where Pam and Jim had their baby mm-hmm. and they had to, had to leave. And like the nurse comes in and was like, okay, like, do you have your car seat ready? Like, you know, like you're getting ready to go home. He goes, well, you said we could leave at three. And he's like, yes, but it's, it's 2.35. He's like, but three, three is when you said we could leave. We'll be ready at three. <laughs> She's like, okay, but like, you're getting ready, right? He's like, can we get a late checkout? <laughs> it's like one of those things you're just like, oh, you go home and you're like, okay, what do I do now? Yeah. So. And it almost, it almost feels like before you go home, I, like in my mind, I was envisioning like, okay, we're going to go home and we're going to look at each other and be like, okay, what now? But it's almost like there's not even time to do that. You just start rolling. You're just like yeah. right in it because maybe your baby's going to scream the whole way home in the car seat. Maybe, maybe they're going to sleep. Maybe mm-hmm. they're going to trick you and sleep <laughs> through the night the first couple nights. Like, and you're like, I have a miracle baby. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, I was bragging so much about Lola her first month. I was like, this is so easy. Two kids is so easy. I mean, she's still pretty easy, but yeah, there's no like pausing moment. And I think that communication is super important before you're bringing the baby home too. And that's what second time moms know is that it's not a conversation to be had when you're tired either. Like, no. no one's going to rationalize with, <laughs> with us when we're exhausted <laughs> at all. And we did that a lot too. Like before we decided, well, Drew decided to have a second baby as soon as our first was born, but <laughs> When we started talking through it, I was like, well, what, like, let's think about what changes for you. Like we knew his work would still be the same. I don't know. It was just, it kind of started of like, okay, everything in your world looks pretty much the same. So everything for me is going to change as far as being pregnant. And if I'm nursing this baby, if I'm pumping, if I'm even just trying to figure out what I'm doing to feed the baby is like the hardest part to settle on. And so, yeah, it was saying, okay, what can we hash out, get really clear on now that we won't have to figure out after. Yes. And I think that was like a big thing I was reading. It was like either parents magazine or something like that. And like somebody was saying, like coming up with that agreement, like, if your kid wakes up before a certain time, mm-hmm. this person handles it. If a kid wakes up after a certain time, like early morning, this person handles it. Basically, like when like I really need sleep. And I think first go around, I felt like it was really hard for me to ask Eric 
for help because I was like, well, he has to get up and he has to go to work and he has to provide for us. Mm-hmm. And it was so hard for me to like mentally get in, into a headspace. And I'm like, well, I have to get up and I have to take care of my child. Yeah. And it's like, my child deserves a present parent and a parent that's willing to engage with them. Yeah. Not just, here's your food, here's your clothes. Like, they need that warmth. They think they, they need you as a person, not you as a shell. Yeah. And so I think, like, going forward, like, now, like, having that conversation where it's, like, I also realize, like, the newborn phase does not last forever. Mm-hmm. When you're in the trench of it, it feels like it's going to last for, I think I, I was like, oh my God, Henry is never going to sleep more than 45. And now I look, it was just all about brain development. Mm-hmm. It just, it was, no matter what I did, and I bought all the things. I bought this like a vibrating pad. I would like go in like a few minutes before 45 minutes to try to hush him or I try to put a pacifier in and mm-hmm. I try to do all these tricks <laughs> that I found on Pinterest and the internet and nothing worked. So I was like, I don't know what type of children y'all have, but (laughs) this doesn't work. This is not working. And I will say I started implementing. I took a class by taking care of babies. It's a lady named Kara and it was phenomenal. Like she, I watched a video of like how she actually put a baby to sleep which that's something they don't teach you. (laughs) And I was like, Oh my God, like, that's amazing. (laughs) I was like, my mind was blown. And so like, I started implementing her strategies and a couple others and like tweaking it Mm -hmm. and working just towards something that would be sustainable. So I knew like, okay, like Henry's going to sleep at this time. And even if it's for an hour, like I know he'll sleep for that hour. Um, But I think like going forward, second baby, definitely. I'm going to do sleep training again. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, that helps. And I'm going to ask for help. And I'm going to tell my husband, if you don't want to be murdered, then you have to let me sleep. (laughs) Well, and you brought up a good point of having, like, having him go to work so you feel like, okay, well, I don't want him to be tired. I started thinking of it almost as, like, a scale of, like, okay, if if there's, like, a baseline of, I'll try to explain this, like, visually and auditory, (laughs) but if there's, like, a baseline of both people feeling, like, Mm well-rested, so if you are, like, 10 steps below your baseline, and your husband is maybe one step below because he woke up a little bit when you got up. It's to me, it's like, okay, how can we even it out? So we're both like maybe five steps below. So both of us have the ability to catch up on our sleep with a nap, you know, Mm -hmm. or with like a little quiet time, we'll feel better or with good food and hydrating. Like we can at least make it through the day present rather than having one person who feels totally fine and the other person who's completely buried and crashed mm-hmm. because it's really hard to get someone back from that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> and I think like looking forward, kind of like, I think you talked about this in one of your podcasts, your solo podcast about how you were talking, just like communicating. And I think like going forward, like divvying up those tasks and especially like, I'm like, okay, like first, you know, month or so. And I'm like, or two months or three months of after having a baby, it's like, okay, who, Henry will be in preschool at that time. So it's like, who, who will be able to get up and make sure that he gets there? Because it's like, now I've really realized how important it is to rest. And it's hard, very hard to rest. Like after I had Henry, like I had this like adrenaline rush or something that I was like, I need to get stuff done. Like I'm going to get it done and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, then you crash. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like really trying to mentally kind of prepare yourself being like, okay, like, especially during the first few weeks, like I probably won't realistically do much. Mm -hmm. We might be eating a lot of takeout for Mm -hmm. dinner, like, and probably going to sit on the couch a lot. (laughs) And so it's like, do I realistically want, do I think that I'll be able to get up, prepare Henry's breakfast, mm-hmm. take him to preschool, pick him up from preschool, bring him home? Like, so how are we going to deal with this task and who's going to be responsible? Like, can Eric get up and make his breakfast? Take him? So maybe I can sleep a little longer in the morning and things like that. So I think it's definitely like having that conversation and being realistic about like okay what are we going to do for dinner like are you going to be responsible for dinner am I going to be responsible for dinner Mm -hmm. and I like you said about like can I get up and do this right can I Mm -hmm. make a breakfast I think the thing for mom sometimes is that we feel like yeah you know what I can I can take on one more thing and Mm -hmm. I can handle that and that's kind of where it's like, can you? Yes, because you're superwoman, you know, you are, but do you have to? Yeah. And I, like, even with where you said that when Henry was born and Eric was doing a lot of work on your house, your new house, to build your new house, I found when our first, when Atlee was born too, that Drew was working on the yard. He was like, just making the house and at the time that did, it felt very frustrating because I was like, okay, we're like getting visitors, but I'm hosting. Mm-hmm. I also just want someone to like bring the baby to me to nurse, you know, all those things. But then we talked about that kind of after the smoke had cleared and realized that if you aren't able to ask for help as the mother, then your partner sometimes feels useless too like they're not being given because a lot of times it's like I really want to help but they either feel like they're not helping in the right way or they are helping when you want to feel like you need some confidence to gain (laughs) or they're not showing up and reading your cues of needing support and yeah, I think sometimes it's like, okay, if I can go work on this project that I know needs to be done, this is my way of supporting my family. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know what the statistics are on paternal postpartum depression, but 
I definitely could see that happening because it's not the hormonal changes, but it's that just like family dynamic, complete Mm -hmm. switch. And especially like if they take time off and they go from Mm -hmm. being busy, busy, busy to like nothing. And it's like, it's like kind of like during this quarantine, it's like, what do I do all day? Right. Like, like no one seems to need me. Exactly. And that itself is kind of like daunting mm-hmm. and heavy. Cause you're like, cause then your day feels useless. Yeah. You're like, well, I didn't really do anything. I don't really have a plan. Mm-hmm. And I'm a person, I'm a person. It's like, I thrive the best in like a routine. And I'll say a loose routine, like I'm not like rigid, like I get up at this time, I do this, at this time. but like, I kind of like to know what to expect throughout my day. And that was a huge thing that I had to work through after having a baby, because especially when they're like a newborn and especially being a first time, I'm like, I had no clue what my day was going to entail. Mm-hmm. And it's like when they're a newborn, it's not like you're like, oh, I'll just go to like story time or I'll go to this play group or, you know, it was a lot of walks around our neighborhood. So I'm like, okay. So I can see like how like a, a father would kind of fall into that depression type mode because it's like, especially if you're not asking for help and you're not like providing cues on what you need or like you both feel like you're actively involved or have like, you know, your roles. Like, I feel like once I know my role mm-hmm. and he knows his roles and like what's expected of me, what's expected of him, things go a lot smoother. Yeah. I try to take it out of the parenthood perspective because I think there's so much emotion around that. Like when you're new parents and you're in a relationship. So I'm like, okay, what would this look like if you were just at a job? Like if you started a new Mm -hmm. job being new parenthood and you show up to work and they're just like, okay, like just, just be here and um, you'll know when you're needed. Yeah. Just like, no, I need a job description. I want to know when my lunch break is (laughs) like, right. I want to know what time I'm clocking out. Which for a parent is like, what time, like you said, Mm -hmm. what time can I go rest when I can actually turn my brain off because I'm not anticipating the wake up. No. And I just did an episode on anxiety, curbing your anxiety about how anxiety is mostly future based. So when you, like you were saying, you don't have a routine, which is like one of my five things that you need (laughs) to curb your anxiety is a routine. And when you don't have any kind of routine or structure, you are just like always in that anticipatory worrying stage. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I'd like to rest, but is the baby going to need me? Or I'd like to make food, but it's- I also want to sleep. Right. (laughs) And you don't know how much to fit it all in. And yeah, you're just like constantly restructuring Mm -hmm. the minutes and then you end up doing nothing right like you didn't shower you didn't sleep you didn't I want to talk about um okay so I recorded a Mm -hmm. podcast episode called when mothers become martyrs and I didn't release it I was going to release it with the launch and I listened Mm -hmm. to it a bunch of times 
And I just kind of psyched myself out. I was like, okay, I got really emotional, not like sad emotional, but I got like really heated about it when I was recording it. I'm like passionate, passionate. I'm like pacing around my attic with my headphones (laughs) recording it. But then I felt like, okay, no, there's still so much more to say. And I keep holding off. I'm like, maybe I'll just release it now. No, I'm going to wait. So when you said that being a mother, you don't have to become a martyr. I was like, okay, cool. Let's tackle it. Mm -hmm. So talk to me. What did, what does that mean to you? I think it's like, so my biggest thing when I learned, so I really wanted to breastfeed Mm -hmm. and all during all like my child reading classes and all this, like everything was like pounded into me pamphlets talk everything like breast is best breast is best breast is best like if you do not feed your baby on that breast that baby is going to wither up and shrivel away (laughs) basically like it was so ingrained in my mind that I was like oh my god like of course I'm gonna I am going to if I can and I'm able to I'm going to breastfeed my baby Mm -hmm. and Henry like we like learn to breastfeed, but pretty easy. It hurts. Like nobody tells you that really, like how much like starting out, like it is painful. <laughs> um, once we got over that, I felt like we got in a good routine. I turned on my parenthood. Like like every time I hear the theme song from Parenthood, I think of Henry and I'm like, oh, that was so sweet. <laughs> and then then it started not turning into be so sweet. And I started to I hated, that's a really strong, passionate word, but I did, like, the feeling of having, like, my boobs engorged, like, I would constantly be, like, dripping, and I'm a person, like, like, sprinkles get on me, like, when it's raining, like, I start to get the heebie-jeebies, like, I just, it's like, either just, like, get me completely wet, or we <laughs> me try, like, um, that really started getting to me and like I would try to pump and like I'd be pumping and I'd be eating like a cold meal while I was pumping and so that I'm like well I have to pump it's like you know and that's another thing like you get peanuts sometimes when you pump and so I'm like oh my god I have to do this over and over and over just to get him like a full meal and um it started turning into I really disliked it and I was but it was in my brain that I'm like I have to do this like I have to do this I have to do this like there's no other option I have to do this then I started getting even more depressed and like falling into that postpartum depression and like I would cry almost like oh my god I have to be my baby again and like and it got to a point where I was faced with an option of I can either stop breastfeeding and take medication that would help with my depression a lot faster or I could continue to breastfeed but without medication and my recovery would be slower mm-hmm. so that came to my point of well, I don't have to be a martyr. I don't have to give up. And it was a super hard decision. And sometimes, yeah. like I'm getting emotional about it right now. 
Um, Cause it was one of those things. It's like, well, if I give this up, I don't want my baby. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm crying. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> but it was one of those things where I was faced with, and that was my first time having to choose myself over my baby. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like. Therapy and stuff. Like my therapist looked at me and she said, "Shoot it to me. Like, do you want to continue to do this?" I said, "No." She said, "Okay, you go home and you have that discussion with your husband and you stop." And that's what I did. And now I realize it's like, I guess, like when you see society or you see. Or when, like, you hear, like, oh, I made it this far, breastfeeding. Like, I'm really happy for those people. And I wish I could have done that for my baby. Because I know how important it can be. But at the same time, I think people also don't realize how much hormonal changes people go through postpartum. Oh. Like, I remember somebody asking me, like, are you really actually depressed or are you just sleep deprived? Mm-hmm. And that felt extremely dismissive mm-hmm. of, like, well, I'm both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got it. Like, Do I have oh. <laughs> like, like, but sleep deprivation does intensify certain things. And... So that was, like, my big thing about, like, I don't have to be a martyr. Like, Mm -hmm. I can choose to be healthy for me. Mm -hmm. And in turn, being healthy for me will mean I'm healthy for my child Mm -hmm. and my family, my relationship with my husband, everything. Yeah. Because it's, like, I just feel like you see, like, this picture perfect like I now do not feel guilty one bit about turning on my son's favorite cartoon in the morning so I can get dressed in the morning so that I feel my best going forward so I'm like hell yeah we're putting on top leaf. like go in bed and watch that like sure so it's like, and for the longest time, like I felt really guilty about it. That I was like, then I got to them, I'm like, why? Yeah. Like, it's almost like a tool in my pocket of like, sometimes like, if he is getting really wound up, or something, you put on a cartoon and he can calm down. Yeah. And it's like hearing all the like you always read all these articles and you hear people like kids like under the age of two should have no screen time and this and that and this you know you hear it all coming in your brain you're like oh my god am I am I a bad mom because I let my child watch this Mm -hmm. like and so I'm like now I'm like nope (laughs) I'm like nope nope yeah there's so much there's so much wrapped up in it too because you were saying, you know, talking in therapy and the question is posed to you, like, 
do you want to do this or what, like, what do you want, right? At your very core without taking into account, like what other people are going to think, like just what is best for you right now. And I think that moms have a really hard time posing that question to themselves because there's so many layers. So there's like mm-hmm. the shame that we feel. Um, I also feel very strongly about like, I don't think mom shaming is very real. I think most of it is just self-shame that we like, we say it's coming from other places, but nobody's really walking around saying like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're not breastfeeding your baby. Do you even love him? Mm-hmm. Like that, that doesn't happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's hard to just say like, what is best for my family? Point blank. What makes me feel good or what, you know, and go mm-hmm. from there. And I mean, on the other side of it, you see, okay, what, let's say, like you taught elementary school, as did I. So let's say you were in the class of kindergartners. You can't sit around and pick out, like, who the breastfed ladies were, right? (laughs) But you can tell the kids whose parents are present, involved in their lives, the kids who feel loved, who tell stories about their parents who say their favorite thing to do with mom is sit and watch cartoons on Saturday morning. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. it's all these things that we think are super detrimental to them that end up being like the best things yeah. we've ever done. Like their best memories, because it's kind of like the quote of like, people don't remember what you say or what you do. It's how you make them feel. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, we know that children until age whatever I don't know four or five basically don't hold memories (laughs) but they do hold feeling in their body so like any small traumas when you're a small child like that stays within your physical body but not as an like concrete memory so I always think Mm -hmm. that of like okay how can we make this home and all the relationships within it feel good yes whatever that is so like if that's ordering pizza a couple times a week you know to keep the stress low from having to like meal plan cool that's that's what we're doing this this week or whatever I mean whatever Mm -hmm. it is and yeah I think I mean I it may not seem like a big thing to people who haven't been through that but I know for you choosing that is it is great. Yeah. It takes, it takes a lot of like self-reflection, a lot of surrender, a lot of saying like, okay, this feels super selfish, but rationalizing that it's just such a bigger picture than, yes. than yes. that. It's like funny. Cause like, yeah, you talk about like, well, can I do this? Yes, I can drag myself Mm-hmm. to the kitchen and throw something together mm-hmm. but am I gonna is it gonna bring me joy is it going to like am I gonna be grumpy afterwards because I now like had to cook one more meal and it's one of those things that's like comes at a price so you're like are you willing to pay that price yeah or are you willing to make something a little bit easier on yourself yeah. well and I think that go ahead. 
I was just saying, I think that's like coming into that martyr effect of like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do this. I have to provide this. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like my kid will probably be more memories of being like, oh yeah, I love that on Friday nights we had pizza. Like I remember growing up, we would make like nachos and we'd sit on our like little metal TV trays in the living room and we'd watch a movie and I loved it. It was so much fun. We do that. Drew and I will think back. We'll say like when we feel like we're just totally failing our children, right? Or, <laughs> especially the winters in Connecticut. We're like, okay, we are co-parenting with these cartoon characters right now. Like we, the kids can't go outside. So it's fine. It's a season. We're doing it. But we'll say like, okay, what are your favorite memories from growing up? And mine are that we had this single sprinkler that would attach to the hose and we just run around in the yard and my mom would sit out and read her book and she would let us have like the last little sip of her Diet Coke. Like this is so stuck in my brain. And I've told her this too, which is gross because we were like, oh, that's like the backwash of her soda, but whatever. Because um, it's all watered down. Yeah. But if you were to like pick that apart, if I'm thinking, okay, what would it look like for me to just put on the sprinkler and go read in my yard? I would start thinking like, well, I shouldn't be reading a book. I should be actively engaging with my child and like doing an activity. But also the truth is like, kids get sick of us too. Mm -hmm. I definitely see my son wanting alone time, wanting to just sit and watch something or like read a book without me or play cars in his room while I make food. It's like, Mm -hmm. they don't, they want you they want to know that you're available and that you love them and that if they want to come to you, you're there and present, but they don't need you like holding their actual hand the whole day. I, I, I got that uh, loud and cleared from Henry one day when he was <laughs> sitting on the couch and like, I would like snuggle up next to him and he'd like kind of look at me side eye and like scoot away a little bit more and I'd scoot closer and he'd be like, scoot away. <laughs> like, okay, I get it. Like, you don't want to cuddle right now. I guess I'll go do something else. Yeah. (laughs) But I think that was like another huge thing. How you say like, well, I shouldn't be reading my book. I should be engaging with my child. But it's like getting over that whole mentality of like, for the longest time I felt like, oh, I shouldn't clean the house during this time. Like I should wait till nap time. Mm -hmm. When no one realized (laughs) I'm like, no, that's backwards. I should be resting or doing something I enjoy and, you know, getting rejuvenated during nap time and quiet time, that downtime. Mm-hmm. And it's like learning, like, like, I guess being realistic about expectations. So it's like, I know Henry's not, he likes to help. So it's like, he loves his Swiffer. I'm like, you want to get your Swiffer? And he like runs to the closet. So I'm like, okay, like, I know, like, he'll help me (laughs) vacuum the house, but it's like, I can't vacuum the house, clean the bathroom, clean the kit, like, I can't, so it's like having my expectations be realistic, like, okay, like, we can tackle this, but we can kind of do it together, and does he, like, do it the complete whole time? No, he'll, like, get bored halfway through and go play something else, and he's happy and content and he'll pick up if he wants to come Swiffer again with me while I vacuum. Yeah. Like, so I'm like, oh, okay. 
but it was like that whole mentality of like, I don't have to be entertaining him 24 seven. Right. It's actually really good for kids to be bored <laughs> sometimes. It's like, I watched Henry, like, you could tell he was just bored and he would just kind of like walk around and fidget. Like you could see it going through his mind. Like, well, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to play with. And then like, uh, like a few minutes later, he was doing something completely different than what I would have like done. Like had his little cars, like pushing them down things and like making them race. And I'm like, he never would have done that if I like went over there and was like, here, let's like do this or like present. Like, is it great to do things with your children? Absolutely. Like, they need that. They need that interaction. But I also think it's very great for them to come up with things on their own. Yeah. Like I think that got easier child. as, yeah, like it got easier as Henry grew older because their imagination, like, their imaginative play will come in. I mean, um, even between like watching him play independently at 12 months and like watching him independently play at like 18 months, I was like, I'm like, this is amazing. Like he's pretending to make a smoothie. <laughs> I'm like, at first you're like, my child's a genius. Yeah. And then I'm like, the educator in me is like, well, no, he's just <laughs> developing. <laughs> But he's still a genius. Just, yeah, showing what he's been modeled and, yeah. you know. Like, he doesn't really quite know he can't eat that car, but he's still a genius. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, so, but it, it is. Like, it was one of those things. Like, you don't have to be a cruise director for your kids. Mm. So. I like that. We've started, I say we, me and the children, um, <laughs> because I've now been home with both of them. And I ended up thinking, cause you start planning out your days and you're like, okay, what, what should we do for the kids? Right? Like what's going to be an enriching activity for Atlee? And then, like you said, everything's an enriching activity for a toddler, like cleaning it. So instead I'd write down like, okay, what do I want to do this week? Like, I'd like to get, you know, a good vacuum sweep dust done in the whole house. I have two podcasts I really want to listen to. Um, I have, you know, I want to like organize the shelves in my office space, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then it's, and it's almost like imagining if you didn't have any kids with you, what would you want to be doing? And then how can I incorporate my children into this activity? So how can Atlee help mm -hmm. dust? How can both kids be upstairs with me while I'm organizing the office? are you kidding me? Atlee sits at my desk and he colors like the coolest thing ever. He thinks it's amazing. <laughs> His desk. Right. And the baby just, I mean, babies don't care. Yeah. <laughs> baby just like, like, give me something to look at. <laughs> and I found that I'm like, Oh, I'm actually kind of living exactly as I would be living if I didn't have the babies. And then I start thinking, wow, I'm so much more content having them here because Otherwise I would just be alone doing these things mm -hmm. and I wouldn't have this break or this, you know, cute little hug. <laughs> you know, I know Henry does that. He'll like, come behind me and just like hug my leg. And I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. so it is. It's just like learning to incorporate. Like Henry will sit on the counter, which drives my mom, I guess, completely crazy. She was like, 
like so worried she's like he's gonna fall off and I'm like if you look at our counter like it's huge and I'm like he's not gonna fall off like he's not (laughs) running circle but I do need to get him a learning tower Uh, but like and I've learned I'm like okay don't leave the knife if I turn around to get something like take it with me so I try to do it like responsibly but it's like he loves to sit there and he'll try he'll try new foods like too like if he'll sit there like I let him try it like I'm like sure knock yourself out eat a raw onion <laughs> right well that's the difference too is it's like you have your child in their like organized play activity that you set up while you're cooking and then you present them with food and they're just like eh, this doesn't look good I don't want to try mm-hmm. it Whereas if they're watching you make it and then it feels like a treat to them to like take something off the cutting board and nibble on it. And that's, yeah, it's all, I feel like we just, and I don't know if this is a generational thing. I feel like I need to have a really serious interview with my own mother, grandmother, but (laughs) (laughs) see like where their levels of guilt were in parenting. But I just feel like we've so overcomplicated it. There's just like so much. And like you talked about with um, the martyrdom or like even with the shame, when we would get together, um, when I lived in Florida, so Henry was very little. Yeah. And maybe not even born yet. Maybe, oh my gosh, maybe he wasn't even born yet. Anyway, getting together with um, like groups of moms, I would notice like some moms would pull out the formula to make a bottle. And it was like without any mention, some, she, you know, no one would say anything about it. And then that mom would be like, yeah, we decided it was best to stop breastfeeding. And it's like, you have to almost, explain yourself. Yeah. And it almost hurt me that they felt like they needed to say something. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, girl, feed your baby. You're fine. You're fine. That's like now I'm like, fed is best. Mm-hmm. Fed baby is a happy baby and a content baby. And I mean, it also was like, if somebody else could take that role from me too, that I'm like, oh, great. Like, they can feed my baby too. And that's like one thing, like going forward. Like, my husband had even asked, he's like, do you want to try breastfeeding again? Like, what do you. My question, I, I, my answer, I don't know. <laughs> and I don't have to know. I was like, now I'm like, I can try it. I can not try it. Like, no big nice, deal. Yeah, nice to know that you have more options and you are kind of more evolved in how you're thinking about it. Yeah. So you can say like, yeah, sure, I'll give it a try. And then mm-hmm. it'll feel like a lot less pressure knowing like, but I have all these options. So Yep. If this works, cool. If not, we move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that comes in, I know we're talking about it a lot with feeding, but it kind of comes in with everything too, that like induced shame. And you were saying that yeah. when you see like another woman hit a milestone in breastfeeding, that it it's hard because, okay, yes, right? We feel happy for them. Okay, mm-hmm. but what do we also feel is guilt and shame on ourselves a little jealous like whatever it is and but I think that acknowledging that a lot of that is self-inflicted is important because Mm -hmm. so 
I think of it a lot with like Instagram. So there's a lot of women moms who are on Instagram simply for the fact that they're like, I'm going to show the like tough, raw parts of motherhood and how it's like really hard and all this, which to me comes to be in that martyrdom where you're almost Mm -hmm. like, you feel like everyone else is glorifying it and Mm -hmm. have to show that like, no, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. It's really hard. And I don't think it's possible to be 100% authentic on the internet because no one's going to see that you were crying in the bathroom and 10 minutes later, we're so in love with your baby and 10 (laughs) minutes later having an argument with your husband, which would then turn into having to like go to a play group. It's just like, there's so Mm -hmm. many waves and emotions that you can. And it changes second by second. Yeah. And you can't. And there's so many times I've heard women saying like, oh, you know, everyone on Instagram is, has like posed pictures and their babies are in the cutest outfits, which to me just comes across as like pure jealousy because I always say like, if I could get my babies to be in those adorable outfits and I know how to take a photo that well and put a filter on it that made it look like it was sunshine all over the place, mm-hmm. I would definitely be doing that too. And that's kind of a hard, and like, what is the problem, I guess, in spending time, like curating a photo? Cause that's fun for kids too. I, I know. I think I've had that discussion with other people before. And so because I took a personality test, I forget what it was called, but it, everybody has, you know, the same, like, um, I guess like, I don't know, not to say makeup or whatever, but I guess everybody's made of like all the same things. Like some people, you know, will value like trusts more than others. And some people like mine, like on the top was appreciation of beauty. Like mm-hmm. So everybody has some sort of level of appreciation of beauty. Yeah. Mine was very heightened which I was like this makes total sense of why I'm like I like I like it's like so weird because like I'll see the sun shine through and I'm like like in the morning I'm like that is like the most beautiful light like it's like watching that video of the guy with the double rainbow he's like a double rainbow (laughs) and I'm like I totally get you man I totally get you and other people are like it's freaking light coming through a window. Like who cares? Like it's sun. <laughs> like, so it is like, and you get that on Instagram. Like, well, there's like, cu- like curating that photo, mm-hmm. like brings so much joy. Yeah. And like, well, some people are like, that's too much work. Like where it's like too posed or yeah. like, Oh, your life doesn't really look like that. Well, like no shit. I mean, of course. Yeah. <laughs> And that's like one thing, especially like now I'm learning, like, like trying to take a photo of Henry is like, it's, it's hard. So it's like good thing for like burst mode on your phone. Like you take 50 and you hope for one. Um, I'm so happy. I'm like, 
genius because if you had to have like a film camera, I'm like, yeah, none of those are getting developed. Like they're all, they're not getting printed. Um, but it, and it's like learning that, like, I guess like for me, it's like, I really want to document mm-hmm. like his childhood and like growing up. And like, to me, like for me, like that brings me a lot of joy. Yeah. Some other people might be like, that feels like a lot of work mm-hmm. and will not bring me joy in the process. Yeah. And, but that's the thing that it's like just recognizing that about yeah. yourself is that mm-hmm. it's like you. Okay. So if anyone goes and looks at eight pepperberries, Instagram, it's gorgeous, <laughs> but it's, it's like, how can we, I mean, not how I feel like I've got it now, but it's like, so how can we go and see that and acknowledge like, wow, these pictures are so beautiful and the art that she creates is so beautiful and just be in that space with of acknowledging that and appreciating that without immediately laying, layering on like, oh, I don't have any nice photos of my kids and like, wow, my house doesn't look like that at all. Um, and just being able to appreciate that also without then popping. Appreciating yourself. Yeah. And being like, you all think that that's real motherhood. This is real motherhood. And then you show like crackers smeared across the floor. And it's like, <laughs> no one's taking pictures. Oh, yeah. My crackers are still, still smeared. Yeah. I just crop it out. <laughs> of course. You crop it, you filter it, or you just like, I don't really have time to take a photo because I like vacuum mm-hmm. up crackers. Or, you know, whatever it's going to be. But, yeah, it's – I I always hear of, like, the sisterhood of motherhood. But I think we're all having trouble, like, really being cohesive in that because of all the shame we're putting on ourselves and blaming others for. Like, I'm being shamed for doing this. Yeah. I'm like, no, no. Nobody has ever said that to you. Or like the dirty. How you internalize it? Yeah, like the dirty looks you think you're getting at the grocery store. Like, oh well, a lot of people were looking at me because I didn't have you know socks and shoes on my baby at at Publix. And then I'm like, actually, no, they probably weren't. They probably didn't notice that. It was just. I think to myself that I'm like, if you're that worried about like, and you're going to be that distraught because of my child like not having socks and shoes and. (laughs) <laughs> like you need some help or something like, <laughs> like I think it took me like a while to like step back and be like it's more about them and not about me like I was a waitress once and a lady I worked at a place that also had catering and stuff came out of the same kitchen and she had ordered cheesecake for her son's birthday well she just saw like cheesecake after cheesecake after cheesecake going out and it was actually going to a wedding and so by the time hers came out it took a little while and she like berated me like obviously like I still think about this sometimes but I'm like but I was like I thought I had to like look at her and be like I almost felt sorry for her because I was like really if that one little thing is going to make you so upset like that says so much more about you than it does about me and it's something that it probably wasn't even about me it was something that was probably bothering her and I was just the scapegoat yeah and the person that 
I guess, like she took it out on. Yeah, because, just the emotion just landed on yeah. you. <laughs> like, like, oh, okay. And it's, I think you had talked about this a long time ago. You were talking about how like, how certain moms can like do their makeup and do their hair and like, and it's like, I'm that way some days, but some days I'm like, oh no, like it's not going to do it. But it's like, and also I internalize that like, well, should I be able to be able to do that every day? Like, should I want to be able to do that? And I guess it is like a huge question about myself, but I'm like, well, I wish I could do my makeup that way, or I wish I could do my hair that way, but. Yeah. Like some moms show up to play group uh-huh. and they're like dressed adorably and their hair and their makeup is done. And it's like our first reaction is to be like, oh, well that must be nice to mm-hmm. you know X, Y, Z. But I'm like, no, actually that looks really nice. And also can mm-hmm. you like show me how to do my eye makeup and also tell me like, what do you do with your children while you're doing your makeup? Because mm-hmm. I really would love to do that because you look like you feel good. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where that martyrdom comes in too, is like the picture of the you know, like black yoga pants and oversized sweater and hair and a messy bun. Like, do we wear that many days a week? Yes. Yeah. But do we feel like we have to be unshowered and not well nourished and all that to be a good mom or to be showing up for our kids like that's really backward thinking yeah but I think it it takes time to realize that it's your thinking Mm -hmm. this is not like a self-inflicted no or it's not anyone else inflicting it is self-inflicted and it's like and if somebody else like you said if somebody else says something it's more stemming from of probably like oh I I would like to be able to do that. Yeah. How do I do that? Right. It's that but it like, doesn't always verbalize into that. Right. It's like, oh, that must be nice. And you're going to be like, you know what? It really, really is. It's really nice. I feel great. I know. <laughs> That's what, like my husband will ask sometimes. He's like, oh, where are you guys going today? You're getting ready. I'm like, nowhere. Mm-hmm. I just, I was like, sometimes I have to, like, we went and looked at a golf cart yesterday and I showered. And I put some makeup on, yeah. like to only go in the car, look at a golf cart and come home. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I needed to do that. Cause like, I was like, I just need to put myself together. Yeah. I've and started like, calling it like the red lipstick effect in our house. Cause I just, I don't really even like wearing lipstick, but I'm like, I'm putting on red lipstick today. And well, look how fancy I am. Like no matter what we do, I'm going to be feeling real fancy about it. And we've even gone like on hikes and I've worn like, a, like actually ended up as the cover art for my podcast was we went on a hike and I wore very inappropriate for hiking boots because they're cute and this like really flowy top and put red lipstick on. And did we pass people on the hike that were probably curious about <laughs> why I was dressed that way? Yeah, probably. But did you feel good? Felt so good. And they yes. were probably so jealous. Like, wow, I wish I looked that good when I was hiking with two children. <laughs> it's kind of like when you see like certain photos of people at the beach and they have their hair nicely done and they have these mm-hmm. earrings and beautiful. And I'm like, man, it's like, I want to do that, but what are people going to think? Like, am I extra or high maintenance? Now I'm like, life is too short. Be extra. 
be extra. Like, don't apologize for it. Like, if you want to wear high heels to the grocery store, girl, wear high heels to the grocery store. I'm like, your feet might hurt, but as long as you feel good. <laughs> so good. I'm like, um, it's, it's like, I think as I get older, I'm like, I care less and less. Like, yes, people's comments sometimes will get to me. Yeah. I mean, I'm only human. But as I get older, I'm like, stop apologizing for me being me. Mm-hmm. And that's how and- I'm like. It's like you're apologizing most of the time before you're even criticized. You're like showing up ready to apologize when nobody is. Uh (laughs) It's like, girl, we weren't even paying attention to you, honestly. Like I'm trying to wrangle my own babies or I'm trying to Mm -hmm. process through this big thing I have going on at work. Like, and I think that like compliments go a long way for other women too. Have you ever just like, Okay, especially when you kind of know, like, high heels at the grocery store, right? Like, I've seen a lot of women um, that either look like they just came from work or they just came from, like, a party. Or maybe they just, like, woke up and got dressed because they could. But they're at the grocery store and they look way fancier than most people grocery shopping. And it's, like, to just say, like, wow, I love your shoes. Mm -hmm. That just, like, pep in their step is so fun to me. So I'm like, okay, if I see someone and I like something about their outfit, I'm just going to tell them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people don't acknowledge me. <laughs> You're like, I like your shoes. <laughs> Did you hear me? <laughs> but most of the time, yeah, it's like they're getting looks of like, huh, I wonder why she's so dressed up. And then when someone says like, girl, you look good. It's mm-hmm. like, you know what? I do look I do look <laughs> Yeah. I think it's like learning to receive a compliment too. Mm-hmm. That's something like as like I guess like learning that it's okay to take space and accepting that compliment of being like, Well, thank you. Yeah. Because <laughs> what normally happens, right, is we we say like, Oh yeah, thanks, but you should see what I normally, or like, thanks, but it's only because I have this event or, mm-hmm. yeah. Downplaying it. Like, yeah. Mm. I have an episode I recorded on that too, that I'm like, I'm, I have to have someone else edit my solo ones because I just get way in my head, but it's an episode about like, basically I know I'm cool. <laughs> it's kind of like, <laughs> actually I do a lot of cool stuff and I really like myself and why do I feel like saying that is going to come across like a braggart or like pompous it's just like no No. I just I just do cool stuff and I like who I am so (laughs) I think that's like a big thing too is like especially like becoming a like a mom like I started thinking I'm like well how do I want my, my children to, they're going to learn from me. They're going to learn. And it's like, when you look at a child, like, especially like toddlers, like toddlers are known to be very egotistical, but at the same time, I'm like, I think it's really great because they don't have all that self doubt yet. Like they still think like, 
they're amazing and like look what I can do and all this stuff and as we they grow older it's like I don't want my children to lose that like they're still awesome and they're awesome might not look like another person's Mm -hmm. but because like that doesn't mean that they're deficient in any way like everybody I think I think we all sometimes like get caught up like well I have to be like the Pinterest mom or Pinterest wife or I have to have like a perfect outfit and if it doesn't even feel like 100% like me I still need to do it and it's like just kind of like starting to own yourself and it it takes time and like I'm like I'm still definitely learning it and like stepping back and being like yeah what feels like me mm-hmm. like you know especially when it's like when you look at somebody else and you try to emulate like I don't even know if that's the correct word like I guess like be like that person too and like oh I want to like put my outfit together like that have you ever had like you put that outfit on and you're like okay it looks pretty close to what she has but you still don't feel like oh yeah the confidence that you think that you were going to have you're like but my outfit looks like hers yeah (laughs) but it's because it doesn't feel like you And I think it's like just stepping into that space of being like, I am awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm awesome the way I am. And I think, you know, it's like, especially hard for women. Like, you know, like, I guess it's easier. I don't know. I don't want to speak for all men or something, (laughs) but it seems like it's either like, if they do something cool, like they will tell you about it. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) and they're like, man I did this and like like, women are like oh yeah so it's like be like being proud too and like not I guess like feeling guilty for your accomplishments or just Mm -hmm. for I guess just being you yeah yeah that that makes me think of like (laughs) Drew I, I think one time I told him he was like sifting through what was to be recycled and what wasn't because he like he didn't grow up recycling at all and so he just doesn't ever think of it but um he like started throwing things in the recycle bin and he was like did you notice that I uh recycled today uh, is that a turn on and I was like yeah wow oh my gosh look at that recycle bin and so now it's a whole thing is like every time he puts an item in the recycle bin he's like do you see I recycled today I'm like okay babe (laughs) we're down we need a new thing but right he's like so proud of himself well and I think that this may be generalizing as well but I even notice myself already doing it with my kids because I have a boy and a girl so it's like if Atlee does something He's the boy. I feel like I have to say that because Atlee's kind of a <laughs> gender neutral name. So if he does something that is just cool on his own, like if he builds a tower of blocks, right, that's just for him, I'm like, oh my gosh, look what you did for yourself. That's great. And then with girls, it tends to be like, what are they doing for other people? Mm-hmm. Right? It's not like, oh, I designed this you know, whole playscape out of blocks as a little girl. And we're like, oh my gosh, do you love it? Are you happy with it? It's like, oh, now your dollies have a place to play. Like even that is like, no, 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 I didn't do it for anyone. For my dollies. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, even putting this podcast together, I didn't really like talk to people about it 
or anything. I just was like, what is the point in doing this? Because I think it's cool. And I think I'll be proud of myself, like whatever it looks like. Mm -hmm. And I had to kind of step away from like, cause Drew will ask, Oh, well, what did people think of it? Like, okay, you launched your podcast. What did you get any feedback? And I'm just like, yep. But trying to not connect to the feedback. I'm just like, like I'm appreciative that the people that love me love what I'm doing, but mm -hmm. do I need to know like, oh, what did you think of the intro? Like, did you think my wording sounded right? I'm like, I don't care. I think it sounded amazing. Yep. Because <laughs> I recorded it 20 times and I picked my favorite. Like, <laughs> like that's put the those one. photos on blast. Yeah. Like that will do. That will do. Mm -hmm. And I even think about like everyone that I've interviewed for this podcast and all the people that I've asked to do it specifically. So I've asked like a dozen women and I always, before I record the interview, I do, there's like a loving kindness meditation where you just like send loving kindness and like good energy to people. So I do like five minutes and I like think of the person and think of them happy, just kind of like settle in for the interview. And I started thinking about each person and I'm like, okay, why did I approach them to be part of this like passion project with me? Mm -hmm. And there's not a single one that I approached because she has a nice house or she knows how to do her hair, right? It's like, I have one woman who is a huge cheerleader for other women. I have one who's really vibrant and dynamic and I feel like is just like, kind of this epitome of confidence and all of these things that I'm like, oh, I actually do appreciate people for all of these things. So you got to appreciate mm -hmm. yourself for the same stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was like one thing. So being a nanny, um, I kind of had a crash course of like, okay, like seeing it, you know, like, a, I guess a general pretty good idea of like what a day like I never nannied like baby babies so mm -hmm. I didn't have that um but like a day with like a toddler mm -hmm. I will say like I guess like for me like my role as a nanny like I didn't I still wasn't responsible for like grocery shopping and cleaning the house so it's like so being a mom like on top of that like yeah adds whole lot more to it um but I realized during that time period too that I was like oh I can see how easy and quick it could be that your days come become all about your children mm -hmm. uh, okay what do they need to go to today like we need to have a play date we need to have an activity like so I kind of had like this notion that I knew about myself that I was like I still wanted something for myself something that wasn't a project for my kids wasn't a project for my husband mm -hmm. wasn't a, a project for anything but basically something to serve me and to fuel me yeah and that's kind of like knowing that I years ago started my blog. Yeah, and tell I, was me, like, I, I couldn't like pinpoint exactly when because I feel like you've been, well, I think, yeah, how long? I, like five years, five, yeah. yeah. 
It's crazy. So I, it is. And it's, I mean, I've done more during certain seasons of life than others. So yeah, and you can eat pepperberries as long as I've like yeah. known you. Ooh. Yeah. So like you had mentioned earlier, like I was a teacher mm-hmm. and I decided it was not the career path that I wanted to go down. I think it, I, I can still remember the morning I walked into my classroom and I say this without a, with like 110% respect for teachers, <laughs> <laughs> especially I'm like, I hope everyone during this time frame rallies that teachers need a raise and teachers need way more support than they have because they do a lot. <laughs> but anyway, I sorry, I walked into my classroom one day and I was like, this is not going to be the next 30 years of my life. Mm-hmm. Because like realistically, like you're a teacher, like you like that, unless you have aspirations to work up and like be an administrator of some sort, it's like that, that is your career for 30 years. Yes. Your students will change. You could change grades or subject areas, but that's your day in, day out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. And it was also another time that it was a very hard decision and I didn't take it lightly. Oh, yeah. um, well, there's other people like you have a boss and you have this class full of kids and their parents. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, okay, should I suffer through this on their behalf? Uh, Maybe. Yeah, I could probably suffer through this. <laughs> yeah. And that was one thing that I realized that it's like, if I became too emotionally invested, mm-hmm. I would never cut that tie. Yeah. And, you know, I was already like, People think that teachers like leave at three o'clock. No, they do not. <laughs> like I was there at like 7 a.m. and I would leave at like five or six. And like, yes, I was a newbie teacher and I knew like things would get easier or like just the more you do it and the more familiar you become. But I was like, this cannot be like, it's just not sustainable for me. It's not what I had envisioned going for, I was like, I just didn't see my future as a teacher anymore. And so after that, like we had already been living in Vero and it is small. (laughs) So I was like, well, crap, what do I do now? (laughs) Well, that was my only job option was to be a teacher. Hmm. I was like, yeah, I, my degree is, and elementary education it's like I don't even have a double degree to like of something else to go back on but like my mom made a good point she said education is um I guess it will never be wasted and definitely skills that I had learned as a teacher I can use in other ways mm-hmm. um so that was when I decided I think I started working at a outlet mall I was like, I'm just going to do this temporarily. That in itself, I was like, that's not my career, but I can't just do nothing all day long. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I was like, I had kind of been following like a few other bloggers at the time and different things. And I was like, I'm going to start a blog. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be like, I like to be creative. And so I was like, that's going to be my creative outlet. Um, 
still working out like kinks and where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. And, but the great thing that I learned, I was like, keep telling myself that I'm like, this is mine. Like I can make it what I want it to be. Like, and that was like one thing too, that I had to learn to filter through. Um, I mean, if you go on Pinterest or Google, like you will find a ton, a ton, a ton of people that are like, this is how you do it. And this is how you're going to make money. And then this is how you're going to do this. And this is, and it's like, I tried to do certain things and I'm like, but this still doesn't feel like me. Yeah. So like learning to, um, basically when I go that I'm like, this is me. Like, and I feel good about it. Like that imposter syndrome, like definitely can kick in sometimes. I'm like, well, like, but I'm kind of doing it like that person and they're doing well. Yeah. So it's like, and I still do it like now, like I'll read or I'll take like a course or something. And I'll be like, well, I like that idea, but not that idea. And I know some people are going to be like, well, unless you implement everything and you didn't see the results of all this, like, how can you expect to be at this place? I'm like, yeah. well, maybe because I kind of want to do it my way too. Like, yeah. and, well, and you, you said something, I don't even know if you know, if you'll remember that you said this and I don't even know where we were, but I have like 10 quotes from my life that just stick out. And this is one of yours is that <laughs> I love like quoting people back themselves. I'm like, I'm like what did I say? <laughs> I know. Don't get nervous. It's a good one. Um, we were talking about like competition in the work that you're doing. So a lot of people will say like, well, so for me, like if I'm, I'm putting together this prenatal yoga series, do I know, um, where to find prenatal yoga online? Yes, I do, but I don't love how they're doing it. So I'm going to do my own. And we were talking about that, like, okay, but if all these people are already doing this thing, how do you come into this market and be relevant? And you said that you're like, well, I make cards. My competition is Hallmark. <laughs> and you're saying like, how big is that? And I'm still doing it. I was like, that's true. And like, I would never, and I'm not, I'm not being dramatic here. Like I would never buy a cheesy Hallmark card. I never do. Um, I know that some people like find the perfect card and read through all of them and mm -hmm. To me, I'm like, I have to write the perfect thing or ha like have my kids help me create the card for me to feel like it's meaningful. And that's the biggest difference that I see in your work too, is like, it's not that mass produced. It's so intentional. And so, I mean, I feel like you are Hallmark's competition. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, it's funny that you mentioned that because my the business side of I'm like okay like either a pepperberries is going to be a hobby and I'm just going to be okay with that mm -hmm. or I would like to try to like make some money and at least pay for my hosting that I pay for every month um so I was like okay like a few years ago so I started the blog like five years ago and then I was like, oh, I'm going to create like cards and art prints because I, I love, I love paper. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing that. I put them in a local shop and I started my Etsy shop. And then um, I had to put on my big girl <laughs> business pants 
and be like, is this working? Is this sustainable? And I'm like, yes, I'm selling like a couple of cards here and there. And it's great when I'm like, oh, somebody bought my stuff and this. So I had like the, that conversation. Um, it's funny because I was like, I talked to my husband and usually I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But then I'm like, well, he really does because he kind of helps run a company. So maybe I should kind of <laughs> listen. <laughs> and he does really a great job at it. So I'm like, I'll tell him, like, he's probably going to hear this and be like, I told you I had good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> but so, like, we had that discussion and I was, he was like, like, is cards, like, like, is that going to be your moneymaker? Mm-hmm. And I had to really, like, I had to let the ego go and be like, no, it's not. Because I am not producing them at the level of, like, Hallmark and putting them out that far. So I was like, okay, what else can I do? Because I still love creating and stuff. So that's where I was like, t-shirts. I was like, so that's, like, my next adventure. And I was like all completely new like how like you said like I think you texted me the other day and you're something had gone wrong with my website and I was like thank goodness for Google because I'm trying to figure this out and I'm like I don't even know what happened I know what did we say it's like the entrepreneur's motto is just trying to fix my mess (laughs) just trying to I was like I'm just trying to fix my mess over here now but it is like one of those things I was like oh but at the same time I was like you know, I've been re- like looking at other like t-shirt companies and doing different things. And it's one of those things, again, that I still have to go into this mindset of like, yes, like other people make t-shirts. You can go and buy a t-shirt from Target or Forever 21 or this or that. But it's like, I'm still going to do it because I still love it. And I think the great thing about being a small business is that you get to connect more with your customers. Yeah. And they come to feel like more like friends. And it's like, I want my friends to feel amazing. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, if they wear one of my shirts or they have an art print of mine that brings them joy, like that's where I get like my fuel still going. And I'm like, oh, I hope you feel like a million bucks when you put on my t-shirt that's so soft and you can just conquer the day because I was like especially that I'm like okay like my personality we're talking about like I'm not the high heel wearer to the Publix like mm-hmm. I think I own a couple of like pairs of high heels and I dread if I have to go to an event as I am like can I just wear like flats like <laughs> um so it's like for me it was like easy outfits that I still feel great in mm-hmm. as a mom that still are like cute and quirky or fun like that aren't just like a basic color t-shirt yes I have those days where I love that too mm-hmm. but so that's basically where my next adventure came from that I was like that that's basically what I want to do for people is help them be like Yes, I can put on a t-shirt and jeans and it's just t-shirts and jeans, but I still feel pretty cute in them. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's like you're saying about shifting or pivoting to a new thing is Mm -hmm. I think what most people, I mean, there's so much that goes behind the scenes before something comes out. Like it's just, it's crazy amounts that I don't even think we could capture, but 
I think that's important too, is that when you're starting anything new and it doesn't have to be a business, like a lot of people that I talk to and women that I connect to do have a side business or their own business or, Mm -hmm. but I think it's just finding that purpose of like you said, what's something that's for me and how can I pivot it as I change? Like Mm -hmm. maybe blogging is what you loved and you love to write. And now you're realizing like, well, it's not really the writing that gave me the joy. It's the connecting with people and seeing Mm -hmm. them, you know, fulfilled and have these beautiful things around them and how important that is. And that it's okay to like move with yourself. Yes. Yeah, that's definitely. Cause it's like, like I think about too, like, I'm a horrible gardener mm-hmm. and it's like, <laughs> I was like, Eric's like, really another plant? And he's like, I'm like, but at the same time, I'm like, just because I was a, hor- right now I'm a horrible gardener. doesn't mean I'm going to be a horrible gardener forever because I do find joy in going out. Like I, me and Henry picked weeds yesterday and sometimes it's like the best, like just getting pent up energy out, like just ripping weeds out. like. <laughs> it's a it's calming to me for some like reason holding an entire shrub and trying to yank it <laughs> and it's so cute because like henry follows me around with like the the bucket and i put mm-hmm. him in and uh or now he's really good i'm i'm training him very well like, i'll see him like walking around and he'll see a weed and he'll pick it <laughs> and then go and like throw it in the creek and i'm like ah, good boy <laughs> um but it is that it's like just kind of like learning that like just because I'm not great at it now like doesn't mean I can't be good at it later like mm-hmm. it takes time and dedication like I look back like writing a blog post five years ago would have taken me like an all-day yeah affair of something or like listing stuff on my website but it's like lots of learning lots of googling mm-hmm. it's like so it's like one of those things where it's like going through those growing pains. Yeah. And for a while, like I really kept feeling like I was kind of restarting over. I'm like, oh, now I have to redo this over. And like, oh, now I'm going to do this, but now I have to redo all this. And mm-hmm. um, I feel like I'm starting to get in like a better flow. Mm-hmm. And I guess like narrowing down my vision And that was like one big thing too, that it's like learning that you're not going to be for everyone Mm -hmm. and that's okay. And that was like one thing, like I used to take it personal when somebody unsubscribed from like my newsletter and I'm like, you don't like what I'm saying. And now I'm like, I wish you well, Mm -hmm. like, like, yeah, I can't be for everyone. I know that's a hard it's a hard, I was talking to someone else that I did an interview with. And after the interview, we chatted for a while about that. It's like how you create something new. And then suddenly you start to think of like all these particular people that might not like it. Mm-hmm. It's people that are like not even relevant in your life. Sometimes it's like, yeah. like my male cousins may be uncomfy that I'm talking about postpartum, but I'm like, eh, who cares? So if if they're listening all the way through this episode, hi guys. (laughs) But 
you know, or you think to like, oh, this friend you had in high school that like is probably going to listen in or be checking your stuff on Etsy and like, are they going to think you're cool because you cared when you were in Mm -hmm. high school, they thought you were cool. And it's like the more tuned in you can get with creating for yourself and creating for the people that love you and love what you're doing Mm -hmm. then it gets like so easy and so fun yes and I think that was like a big thing too like you said like creating for yourself and like one person told me once they're like well you don't really have to like create always what you like you have to create what your customer likes and I'm like I take that with a grain of salt because I'm like if I don't love what I'm producing and putting out, like, mm-hmm. how am I going to authentically be like, yes, yeah, like, you should buy this, you need this, like, people are going to read, like, going to read right through, like, oh, yeah. through you, they're going to be like, well, but do you, do you really, like, believe in this? Yeah, well, so it's like, like, a good example is that, so right now, everyone's quarantined, right, so, if you wanted to design a shirt that was very thematic to what was going on right now, you could probably sell a ton of them because it's like on theme of how everyone's feeling, but like, does it have anything to do with what you're actually doing? No. So it's like every business owner knows what the money makers are, but you have Mm -hmm. to pair that with your passions and what you want your business to look like in the oh, yeah. and the types of customers you want too because you don't want that just like one and done bought a t-shirt don't really remember who it's from mm-hmm. kind of person you want that person that like is you know working toward that greater joy in their life and tapping into all those things that you're mm-hmm. offering it's like in it for the long haul not just a pit stop yeah. And I think uh, you were talking with Sam about that, how she was like, well, I saw everybody was going online mm-hmm. and doing all these work, but she's like, but that doesn't, that didn't feel like us. I was like, good for her. It's so hard when you're faced, yeah. yes, when mm-hmm. you're faced with like, oh, I can do this and I can make a quick buck. Yeah. But are those people going to come back when like you make something new? or you put out another service and like, so it's like if, and that's like one thing too, that like I started looking through like people I followed on Instagram mm-hmm. um, that I was like, the people that I feel like sometimes do the best are the people that are just sharing like what they love mm-hmm. because they're, they have like passion behind it. Like, I see people like who sell like oils or makeup or skincare stuff. And I'm like, they just like, I was like, how do you do that? Like just so like authentically. And it's not ever like a whole big caption of like, this are the ingredients of this. And this is why you should buy it. It's like, they like bring you into their life. And then it's like, you form that friendship. And then you're like, it's like, if two people came up to me and was like, here like drink this water and like one person was my friend and one person wasn't I would be like I trust my friend like, <laughs> or something like like yeah it's like okay so it's like building that relationship and I think like starting out that was like the hardest thing for me to be like well like because I I've had 
you know, I've released things. I'm like, it hasn't really sold very well. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's going to be in any business. And I think, I mean, you have to take feedback a little and like work it a little bit, but at the same time, it's, I think it's like I'm coming to a point where I'm like, I don't have to follow the rules that somebody else has set. Mm-hmm. It's like I can make my own rules for how I want my company to look. And I do. And that's like a big shift in my mind too, that I have to start looking at certain things as a company, not a hobby. Yeah. And sometimes that's hard because like you have to take your ego out of it and be like, well, I really like this, but I'm like, but is that selling? Is that serving? Yeah. Like, is anybody getting anything out of it? If it's no, then why are you wasting your time on it? Yeah. Well, and a lot of times I think I have, I mean, I'm sure you do too. Like I have lists and lists of great ideas that I want to do. Oh, yeah. And in all different directions. But then it's pinpointing like, okay, what things are going to actually bring in enough income to provide me the space to do these projects that might not only make no money, but cost me money. Mm-hmm. So then you're feeling more comfortable and confident to do those things rather than feeling a sense of like lack of like, oh, I really want to do this project, but I'm also kind of struggling on keeping things afloat. And yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard balance. It is. And I think it's like, I'm learning because I have that list too. And I think like, the beginning of the year, like I kind of planned out like a couple of different like launches that I wanted to do or like some different ideas. Um, I really love designing like freebies that will help people on my blog. And so I'm like, like what are things that I can serve um, my readers and my followers? And it was like one of those things that I had to be like, okay, Simmer down, Caitlin. You can't do like I was starting to fill things in. I'm like, what's realistic here? Yeah. I mean, you're a working mom too, and you work from home. So it's like, okay, I only have so many hours during the day, during the week. What is going to be the best use of my time? Yeah. And I actually think that now being a mom, I make way better decisions with it all. Because I used to be like, Cause I used to work part time and then I'd be home mm-hmm. the other days and I work on my blog stuff, but it's like, if I have a full day and I know like, well, I'll just research this and I'll go look at this and now I'll get inspired by this. I'll go through Pinterest and Oh, at the end of the day, I'm like, what did I actually accomplish? Yeah. And I'm like, I got this amount of time. I better be getting something done. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like zoning in on those goals. Um, so it was definitely like one of those things that I'm like, okay, just because like I can't do all these ideas throughout the year doesn't mean that I can't do some of them. So I'm like, okay, what can I accomplish now? Like what are skills? Like I had to look at too, because I was like one, I was like, Oh, I'm going to write this ebook about this. And I'm like, yeah, but I really don't know how to format an ebook. <laughs> like, so it's like, that's going to take me time, which I have started that I always Maybe it's the educator in me that I'm like always liking to learn something. So it's like working through like how to use InDesign and to lay it out. And um, so I'm like, okay, maybe that's something we put off a little bit while I'm still building that skill. So I don't feel pressured to like just put something out to put something out. Yeah. 
if it's on my calendar, it has to do it, right? <laughs> and it goes back to like one of those things of like when you own like your own business or your own little side gig, it's like you're your own boss, mm-hmm. which it's like sometimes I don't want to put off things too far because I'm like, oh, then that disappointment kicks in. You're like, well, I should have done that. Yeah. Um, we have to lead yourself, which is really hard. It is extremely hard. Like, because <laughs> like, you know the like, best excuses. Oh yeah. Yourself. Oh yeah. That it's okay to not do the thing. Uh huh. You're like, oh, Erica will totally believe this one. I'm gonna pull this on her. And it's like, yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like, you have to start treating yourself like with the same respect. And I think that was like a conversation I had with my husband too. That it's like you know, he learning to respect my time as well, like my working time. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes like during different, like now I don't, like I'm leading up to a launch. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's going to be more hours of like after bed or on the weekends of trying to just get all those tasks done. Yeah. Um, well, I think you then, have to take yourself seriously enough too. Yeah. Today. Cause that's what I've learned is like, I would try to fit in all these big goals into like these little pockets of time that weren't disrupting anything else. So like, I don't want to take away from being a wife and I don't want to take away from being a mom or being a friend or daughter and talking to my mom on the phone. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, what time do I have available? Well, I have like 9 PM to 11 PM. Okay. Perfect. Right. But then that's like taking away my sleep. So then I'm a miserable person. Yep. So it's, yeah, saying like, okay, whoever is the support in your life, like this next week, I need this and I'm doing this and it's really important to me and being able to really like set boundaries, which sounds weird with people that you love and like your partner and your kids, (laughs) but it's, yeah, it's like teaching them that you respect yourself and Mm -hmm. you take your business seriously because I would do the same thing. Like we had a nanny a couple days a week and Drew would sit, would call me Friday morning. Like, do you want to get breakfast? Just the two of us. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Fun. Okay. So we would do that. And then by the time we were done, I had to come back and relieve the nanny. And I'd realized like, wow, that was an entire work day. And so I shouldn't be surprised when I'm working and he's interrupting me at home Mm -hmm. because basically I've taught him that like I don't take my business seriously yeah you don't have to either and that was like a thing too it's like I guess like closing the doors on like your personal life and your business life and like Mm -hmm. during work hours like trying to keep those separate like I've learned I I have to turn my phone on airplane mode during my quote unquote work hours because I'm like, I'll get texts from people or I'll get notifications for something. And all those are like distractors for me. And for some reason, I'm sure you know this very well. I'm not the best person at texting back very fast. (laughs) Nobody is. Everyone thinks they're bad, but like really no one texts anyone. My family just now knows, be like, she'll get back to you eventually. It may be like three days later, but she'll get back to you. Like, but like for me, it's like that just takes a lot of like brain capacity for me to be like, and for some reason, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, that's so daunting. I have to like write this 
message back or this person wants to see like it seems very it's it's so it sounds silly but like in my mind it's just like this huge task which mm -hmm. I love that you sent audio messages too so I'm like that's a lot easier to do than writing so much you can do so that you while send. you're doing other things yeah so <laughs> I was like but learning to like I was like learning to respect that time frame that I've built out to be like these are my work hours and I tried like I have certain tasks like that will just get me in like a mindset like if I make my bed in the morning sometimes I do it like before I work and it's like why do you like make the bed or like right before you're gonna get in it I'm like just yeah. because like and it's like I will like put my head down for a nap and it's like sometimes I'll clean up the kitchen if I haven't done that which I'm trying now again to work it into my day so I'm not like feeling like at nap time I have to do a ton of stuff um it's like I do like a quick like cleanup which I try I kind of do like a Montessori approach to toys that I only have mm -hmm. so many out and I rotate them which makes cleanup way easier like I'm like oh it takes me two minutes to like clean up things yeah, you don't have to like bulldoze the living room and just like push no. everything to the side yeah I feel like that's another thing you feel like the more like toys you have for your kids is like the more the better I have to keep myself from like buying things at the store because I'm like he would love this but like he would also love a stick so I don't oh yeah oh, oh yeah it's like yeah it's like I go through periods like every once in a while like I'm like okay Henry needs like something especially like during the first few years of life like their developmental stages yeah. like change so I'm like okay like he needs something a little more like <laughs> engaging <laughs> but so it's like I do a quick like a quick cleanup and like for me that just helps like clear that mental clutter mm -hmm. but it's like I've learned that I'm like Laundry will stay in the dryer till I'm done. Like vacuuming will be done at a different time. It's like learning to really try to respect that those working hours because I'm like, I'm like, I'm like my whole point of like having this business is to be able to give myself freedom. Mm -hmm. Like the whole point is like I don't want to be tied down. Like if I wanted to be tied down to nine to five, like I would go get a nine to five job way easier right to just like yeah what you're told and then <laughs> somebody like, else can make the decisions yeah. and um so trying to respect that time because it's like I I don't want to be the person that's working late into the night like my whole point is to allow myself freedom to be able to spend with my family yeah and to do things that I enjoy and want to do that it's like I don't want to be tied to a computer and you know having to write out blog content at 2 a.m because of things so I'm like okay like what's the best use of my time like I think we've talked about this before like time blocking things and um batching yeah it's been game changer and I really have to like keep track of myself because it's really easy for me to be like, oh my God, I need to go change that. Or I need to go do that. Cause like you'll see one thing and then you see another and you see another and it's just, let me make a note of that and I'll do that later. Mm -hmm. And recognizing like what's the important things and what's the, mm, 
it's fine for now. Eventually I'd like to <laughs> update it, but it's fine for now. Right. Well, and discipline too, I think is an interesting thing because people feel like they're either disciplined or they're not. And I think it's like just a muscle you have to work. Oh yeah. Strengthen like, and also teaching yourself to trust yourself by that mm -hmm. discipline. So like you're saying you turn off your phone, like that is actually, I feel like there's like the like boss side of you. And then there's like the worker side of you and okay. you have to have the one side say like, I need you to turn your phone off. And the other ha side has to say, okay, yes, I will do that. Or mm -hmm. say, if this is your task, if you're going to batch all these photo editing today, then when you come across like something on your Etsy page that you're like, Oh, I really want to update that description. Mm -hmm. Like that's what the one side of you is saying. And the other side has to say like, okay, great. Except remember that we're not doing that today. That's not yep. the task, but yeah, it's yeah. definitely just like building the trust with yourself. And it's so many more things than just like creating pretty things mm -hmm. for people mm -hmm. to see or like interesting interviews or um oh yeah this is like even the recording of the interviews I was like this is the fun part like I just get to sit and hang out with people in my attic it's really cool, cool. <laughs> and then there's like for every hour that I record it's like three hours of editing and editing. quotes and doing the show notes and all the all the extra things and that's the part where you have to say like okay but in order to do the really fun stuff this is yeah. work um, mm -hmm. I think that's a big misconception too when you're doing work for yourself is that like it if it's not fun it's not worth doing or like it's I'm like eh, yeah. I think you have like I still have to do the financial part of it yes have to go and like pay my sales tax and do all the like non-glamorous things mm -hmm. that I'm like mm, yeah like do I really want to spend my day like doing that but I've now dedicated I call it my admin day so I have like my list of like admin duties yeah. and I'm like so it's like I'm not all over the place too I'm like I'm like okay I know I have this one day set aside that I will do X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And then I can forget about it the rest of the rest of the time. Yeah. It's like it's easy to get bogged down of like all these like little tasks. I'm like, well, I need to do this. I need to do this. And it's like, well, if your mind is already like on the financial side, mm -hmm. then why not just go through like and do your QuickBooks and do your reports and all that. It's like a totally separate part of your brain too. So yes. that's like the multitasking idea of like, oh, I'll just dabble in this and then in this, where really it's all the time you're taking to like settle into your new task is mm -hmm. so much time. And that's yes. what you said. You could just, when you didn't have like a structured day or you didn't have babies where you could just be like, oh, well, I have all day to do this all like mm -hmm. here. And you realize I could actually condense that all into an hour if I just do the thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's like one thing, like when I look at like creating my daily to do's, I mean, there's certain things that's like, yes, I wish I could like 
get like ahead on certain things, but it's like right now it's like, okay, what are kind of similar tasks that I could do in like one day? I mean, I'm going to have like a few, like right now, I'm not very far ahead in like Instagram, like planning. So I'm like, okay, well, if I need to have, if I want to have an Instagram post that has to get done, Mm -hmm. but it's like, but then like the rest of the time, it's like, well, I'm not going to spend like 30 minutes creating, you know, graphics for my art print and then 30 minutes, like doing backend work on my website. Cause those are, like you said, two completely different things. So it's like, why not block the rest of the time out for strictly design creation mm-hmm. and then on another day strictly back end yeah you and can even so, like I feel like structure your day to fit what you're doing too so like if it's going to be a really creative day and you feel like that's all flowing really well then at the end of the day you're just like okay cool I had that outlet but if it's a day like just finances and that's not your jam you could almost say like okay I know that today is going to be a little dull feeling so we're going to have people over for dinner or we're going to like yes. make pizzas or we're going to go on a walk tonight. Like you, you know what's going on so that you can make sure each part of your day is like fulfilling you in each way, even if it's not through your work. A hundred percent. hundred percent. I just, like there are. I don't really do that as well as I should. <laughs> I was like, Ooh, idea. We're all learning. And that's like one thing that it's like, I look at, how I did things even just like a couple of years ago towards like now. And it's like, especially like when you first start out, like things will take longer. Now it's like, I can crank things out. Or it's like editing photos, like learning tricks of different things and like being like, okay, I know like kind of my style of like different things that I like. So I'm like, it takes me way less time Mm -hmm. to do something or I learn like the shortcut or it's like, well, instead of just like exporting one photo at a time, like when I need it, why not do the bulk of them all at once and put them in a folder or upload them to my website all at one time? So, so you're not switching like tasks back and forth, mm-hmm. like just little things. And I'm like, oh, why didn't I do that like a long time ago? Like even like creating like a blog post, like I like I would go section by section I'm like hey now I want a photo but what photo do I want let me go look at photo. Okay, <laughs> insert photo okay now let me like continue writing yeah and I'm like now I'm like no do all the writing and then insert all the photos <laughs> like one of those things that's like you want to write yourself a letter like one of those mm-hmm. like where will I be in fire just be like future self <laughs> I've actually I've been recording self. yeah I've been recording videos just like um selfie videos of myself during this podcasting process and I'm basically like well here you are in your car recording an episode and yeah I'm like these seem very silly right now but my intention is that in a couple years when I have hundreds of episodes then I'll share these videos and it'll be like oh my gosh I can't believe it she was like working from her car and now she has like a penthouse apartment where she records <laughs> beachside that's so crazy <laughs> I know I know it's like even I look back like just how like I produce products or different things like it's all evolving and it's all changing and and that's like one thing now it's like especially I want to tell a person like 
who wants to start on like a new adventure, be like, just do it. Yeah. Cause like for so long I would research and be like, well, this, this, and this, like has to check all these boxes before I start. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, no, like I'm just going to start doing it. Like I'll learn it. And along the way. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, that's like a lot of quotes come to mind when you say that, because I, again, I was talking to someone, she was saying that she really wants to start this new project and she's like thinking, okay, but what about the people that aren't going to like it or going to have feedback that I don't appreciate? Or what if I don't have the right equipment or, you know, all this. And it's kind of, and she was saying like, I just am, I think it's so cool that you have just started this podcast. And I was like, well, when I was your age, which is only, we're only five years different, but I'm like, I mean, five years ago, I actually thought podcasts were really cool and I kind of wanted to have one. And I, you know, I think back like, wow, if I started my podcast five years ago, that would have been amazing. So it's kind of that, like, if you're thinking ahead a month or six months or a year, it's like, what is your future self going to be really thankful that you started? Like that you're, oh my gosh, already a year in and you've learned all this stuff. It's like, and being a beginner really sucks. Like it feels yucky. And especially when you're someone that's like good at things. Like I felt like as an elementary school teacher, I was really good at that. And like, I, (laughs) (laughs) it just, it felt like kind of a zone of genius for me where I felt better than most beginner teachers um that's like half tooting my own horn half feedback I've gotten but I just felt really good so when I stopped doing that and then started like designing a website I was like wow you suck like I don't really know why you think you can do this because yeah I was used to being in that place where I was like getting hyped up that's the thing too when you're designing in your office like no one's standing there cheering for you so you have it's awesome. Yeah, so you well two things. You have to surround yourself with people who are going to cheer for you. So mm-hmm. important. And then you have to cheer for yourself and you have to be proud of your own baby steps. And like yeah. nothing is too small to be proud about. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> like I fixed my mess the other day and I was like, yeah. Done. I was like I had to like figure out how to like revert my whole website back before I had installed like these new updates. And I was like, Oh my God, I completely crashed my website. Like, what am I doing? Like, like all this, like I updated like my theme and like different things. And I was like, this is, but then like how you said, like I, I look back and I wish I had screenshots of like what my website looked like when I first did it because it looks nothing like it it's like one of those things where you're like "Mm, yeah we're just not going to share that (laughs) well and I've told you like your website is gorgeous and it's I think it's always been gorgeous but now that I know what goes into making a website I'm like how'd she fade that in like that I'm like how'd she get that font overlay but I think when Again, when you're starting something new and you design your first website, 
uh, even with a template, when you do it the first time, you're like, okay, why is this not working? Like, what is wrong with what I'm doing? And just putting in that time is just everything. So it's like, I think I heard something that says if you aren't completely embarrassed by the first things you've created, then you started too late. Like, I mean, I even look at some of my art prints and I'm like, people bought that? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, we're just going to take that one down. (laughs) But I think it's because you're your own, your own worst critic Mm -hmm. and you're hardest on yourself. Like there's other people that are going to be like, oh my God, that's beautiful. And you're like, really? Mm -hmm. Well, and you're too close to it. Like you've stared at it. Oh yeah. Well, that's why I was saying like my solo podcast episodes. I'm like, I listen, I have to listen to them three or four times to edit through. And by the time I hear it the fourth time, I've completely picked it apart. I'm like, well, this is not going anywhere. <laughs> I love you. And I think it's like, because like I look and I've learned, like I still use website templates because I realized I am not a website designer. Mm-hmm right now it's like I've learned to like hack things together thank goodness for Google (laughs) again like you can learn so much on Google and different like YouTube um and I think that's like learning to be okay with um you're you're not going to be the best at every single thing in your business like I used to print and make all of my own cards, all of my own art prints, which was a huge time suck mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, I got this like printer and got paper, but learning how to use all of the settings correctly. It's like, I think like I've had multiple meltdowns because I'm like, why is this not printing correctly? Like, why is this color off? Like, why is this this way? Why is it? And like, if I added up all that time, all that paper wasted, all that ink wasted, I'm like, yeah, I probably would have saved money just by sending it to a printer. Mm -hmm. But it's like so hard to like, when you start out, I'm like, well, I can do it myself and I'll save a couple of cents or I can do this on demand. But it's like, which sort of like now it's like, I'm like, I ain't got time for that. I'm sending that off. Like certain things, like I still like will do when I like to control my, myself, but it's like now I'm like, yeah, I'm okay with not being good at everything. Like I'm not a printer. Like I had it. I, I physically had to tell myself that I'd be like, you are not a printer. Like, <laughs> That is not your job description. It's like the anti-pep talk in the mirror. <laughs> you cannot do this well. <laughs> like, in all reality, you kind of suck. <laughs> like that. But it's like, it felt really good. Like, once I did, like, figure it out, I'm like, okay, now don't touch anything else. Just print them. Like, I had to figure out, I'm like, okay, if I put the paper in exactly like this, do this, like, it will be fine. And if I, I'm like... I think I even tried doing it like a few weeks ago and I about took a baseball bat to my print. I'm like, this is, I told, I walked out and I said, this is why I'm paying somebody else to print my products now. <laughs> like, um, so I think it, it also led into having that leap of faith 
I keep thinking that I was like in my mind that I'm like, okay, if I don't take that leap of faith and pay to have somebody produce Mm -hmm. 50, a hundred cards or art prints, like Mm. if I don't sell them, it won't hurt as bad because they're not there visually reminding me of what's not, what hasn't been sold or not. Since I think it's now like having that leap of faith of being like, I look at my stuff and I'm like, all right, I got to sell this. Mm. How am I going to sell it? How am I going to sell it well? And how am I going to create things that are going to be bring joy to people? Yeah. Well, and having that faith in yourself comes out in a lot of ways too. Like if, so you're paying for that, um, like extra supply or, you know, extra mm-hmm. product. And like you said, you have to sell it. It's the same as like, if you're paying for childcare, it's like, do I trust myself to actually work during this time? Or do I think I might kind of fluff it off and waste time? Mm-hmm. But then you feel like it's not worth paying for it. If you know it's an investment, right, then you would definitely pay for it. Yeah. Like, you know, it's an investment in your time to get this printed somewhere else. You'll definitely pay for it, but you have to trust yourself that you're going to follow through with that mm-hmm. is the hardest thing okay tell okay. us so okay. we're going to drop this on launch day launch morning wednesday and this mm-hmm. is kind of like you said about being the boss you're like oh, i can do whatever i want because i was like okay we're gonna record this episode and then i'm gonna edit it and like oh but i drop episodes on monday i'm like oh wait i'm sorry no, I don't. I drop them whenever I want. Oh, bonus. Um, which I'm excited because now we have one on Monday, yours on Wednesday, another one on Monday, and it's like love it. It's like a triple threat. I don't know. It's uh-huh. it's three like such good ones. So I'm so excited. Um, okay, so tell us what's coming. I know you texted me like the proofs of the shirts. And I went through and deleted a bunch of texts for storage space on my phone so I could take, you know, hundreds more pictures of my kids. And I went back. I was like, oh, wait, I want to look at her shirts again and get excited. <laughs> I was like, no, you deleted them. But anyway, okay, tell us, pretend it's Wednesday. Where do we go? What can we purchase and all that? Yes. So you can go to apeperberries.com. Um, so you can shop directly from there. Mm-hmm. And so I have three new shirts that are super soft. That's like one thing that I was like, my sister was like, yeah, I do not like itchy shirts. <laughs> so I was like, girl, I'm not going to make you an itchy shirt. <laughs> but so basically this whole, I've been loving color lately, which is like kind of opposite. I used to be kind of monochromatic about things that I'm like, oh, it's got to be all of this. I'm like, we're going to get colorful in here. (laughs) So I have three different shirts and they all have a fun or a joyful message about them. So like one, I have a rainbow that says something good is going to happen. And I think we've had this conversation before about, I just think it's pretty amazing that that symbol can mean so many different things to different people. And it is close to like Mother's Day launching. So some people might think of it as 
like rainbow babies mm-hmm. or so it's like you have a friend that's a mama or trying to be uh, in that process of trying to get pregnant like that could be a great just encouraging message to send them yeah. um, when I showed it to my sister she was like this is amazing because it brings me hope mm-hmm. and so I was like that's I mean they're similar with like in the hope aspect but like she's not thinking necessarily like rainbow baby getting pregnant she's thinking like something good is going to happen in my life and especially like right now I feel like we're all like in a point where we're like well what's the future going to hold for us like there's so many kind of unknowns and I'm like I just want to know when we're going to the park again (laughs) different things so it's like having something that I'm like okay this is going to bring hope to me. Like something good will happen. I am trusting in that. And just so I just love that shirt because I'm like, it can mean so many different things to different people. Um, then I have one that says shine bright and it has a sun. And I just hope that's like a reminder to yourself. That it's like how you were saying, like, I am awesome and I'm allowed to shine bright and I'm going to shine bright mm-hmm. um, because like when you shine, I also feel like that allows other people to shine. Like it gives them permission right. um, to do it. So I just think like that's a really great message. Um, yeah. That's well, yeah, for everyone. <laughs> by the time people are listening to this episode, you can believe that that shirt is already in my cart and purchased. <laughs> when you sent that to me, I was like, oh, she made this for me. This is about, I know it's not, but it's nice when you see something and you're like, that is exactly what I will will be wearing days on end. Yeah. Yeah. So I just basically like the collection, like, so I have a mug um, that's coming out. This is You Are Magic. And it's kind of like that same reminder to yourself that I hope you start every day realizing how amazing you are because I think that sometimes we can get bogged down of not feeling good enough and forgetting that just by being us is enough in itself and that the world needs your unique voice and so basically this a good reminder um, I don't want to give everything away, <laughs> all of our products, but, um, and then I have some, uh, some fun art prints that are just, um, there's kind of a range of them, to be honest. I kind of just was like, I'm going to create, and there's, so you'll look at it and be like, she, not all over the place, but I was like, I really wanted to give some different range of options for people, um, of what they want to put in their house. So I have a couple of quote prints. Um, one of my favorites goes through and it says, today I will choose. And it lists like 10 different words of like, what does it say? Like positivity. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. Of everything. Okay, there's your, there's your tease, 8pepperberries.com yes. for, the, for the full list. Yes. <laughs> this is... Um, so just things that like every day going into like almost like a positive affirmation. Mm-hmm. I love so, that. I'm so yeah. excited. And I think like you say, the art prints are all over the place, but I think that like every person is so multifaceted, right? So 
you have your days when you need that just like straight up encouragement Mm -hmm. and then you have your days where you're like feeling good and so just having those things all over I know we have your prints all over because we have the um prints in the baby's room we have seasonal prints we rotate through a frame in our house yeah and like I have some that are just strictly artwork and some that have artwork and quotes, and then I have some that are just quotes. Yeah. Um, but each one is just basically backed behind um, being able to seek everyday magic, basically. Of like, I think so much of our life we get kind of like on a hamster wheel sometimes, a routine that sometimes things can feel mundane. Yeah. And I'm just a firm believer in like I buy fun notepads because a I like the way they look, but I also like I don't know why like just getting a blank blind piece of paper or having a fun notepad. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna choose to write my list on a fun notepad just because mm-hmm. it's like, like I said, be extra. <laughs> like, well, I actually I scribbled that down when you said it because I was like, well, if that's not already an art print. that needs to come next (laughs) then I'm like it's just like these little things in life that I'm like they can just bring so much joy Mm -hmm. and even if it's for a small part of your day especially like a stay-at-home mom like you know we're cooking dinner and we're making lunches and we're taking kids to the park and so it's like sometimes I just want a pretty mug to look at yeah (laughs) well and that's I mean it's so I think it's kind of seen as like if things are just pretty or nice to look out or, you know, like aesthetically good to be around, it's like, well, what's the productivity in that? And the whole point is like, exactly. There is no, like, this is helping us be more present, Mm -hmm. feeling less like we have to be producing or going or doing and we can just be and Um, not only that we like are enough, but we're more than enough already. Mm -hmm. So just like, I mean, even like giving yourself the gift. So I think these are incredible Mother's Day gifts and I'm going to gift myself (laughs) all of them for Mother's Day. I love that you're another person that gifts themselves a Mother's Day gift because I was like, what am I going to give myself? Yeah, I give myself presents for lots of stuff. I'm already looking at the jewelry I'm buying myself for my daughter's first birthday. It's just like, but well, I think that's, I mean, okay. So mother's day is coming up. It's a really good opportunity to either a tell your people exactly what you want and how you want to be celebrated Mm -hmm. and, um, where they can be directed to add to cart from eight pepperberries. (laughs) Or to just freaking do it yourself and get yourself what you want and plan your day like you want. And you don't have to wait for other people Mm -hmm. to celebrate you. And that's like basically like, I mean, my products, I mean, some are like geared towards specifically mothers, but others are just like women in general and empowering women to love themselves. and just basically just kind of going into that mindset of treating almost every day like a holiday. Like Mm 
Mm-hmm. I've always said, like, pop the champagne on a Tuesday just because you can't. Like, I think, like, taking our life into our own hands and just celebrating those little moments because I think, like, we've talked about it, like, just looking back, it's those small moments. Like, remember drinking the Diet Coke from your mom's <laughs> class. Like, those little moments are what make life meaningful. Yeah. And so that's just basically what my whole collection is about. It's just helping you just celebrate those little moments. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I have, I just have to tell this story for my family who's listening to this episode. And I feel like it's all layered. As you said, pop the champagne on a Tuesday. Um, so I have a cousin. He passed away four years ago. And we were actually, so we were in the hot tub at what is now your in-laws house. Oh, yes. Yeah. The hot tub's still there? It is. It doesn't get used, though. (laughs) No. So we were in that hot tub with my cousin. It was me, my sister, and my cousin. And we had a bottle of champagne that, like, we probably stole from my uncle. And um, the story is that my cousin Alec, he was like, I think we should pop the champagne. Like we should drink champagne in the hot tub, like right. Being like as extra as you can possibly be when we were in our early twenties. And I was like, Oh, I think champagne is like more of a special occasion type of situation. Like maybe we should save it. And he was like, special occasion. Yeah, I agree. And then he opened it. And it was kind of that, like if spending time together, is not mm-hmm. a special enough occasion like what right what, what is, is what is mm-hmm. so. and I think yeah that's a huge point because it's like you always think about like the anniversaries and the birthdays and the job promotions or the goals that you've accomplished um all those things yes like definitely I'm a like believer like celebrate them mm-hmm. but it's like I also like I decorate my son's room for like Easter or like little like things that I think after losing certain people in my life that it kind of like opened my eyes up to we are not guaranteed the next day. Mm -hmm. And so trying to just celebrate and love every moment that we get because like I've always felt like growing older is a huge gift mm-hmm. because there's certain people that don't. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's my soapbox talk. <laughs> I'm so excited. So I'm going to tell, I haven't even told you that I'm doing this, but I have an email that went out. So if you're on my email list for the rising, then you got this email early this morning, which has the oh. podcast link that you're, currently listening to it's so confusing when you're like thinking of when things are going to launch okay so when people are listening to this then if they are on my list for the rising they will have gotten an email about this but um what i wanted to do for your launch is that the first three people that buy a coffee mug from you a new coffee mug so launch today first three people that post about it on instagram and tag eight pepperberries and the rising yoga i'm gonna buy their coffee today to fill their mugs so Aww. first three people so if you haven't done it yet go now 
there's lots of goodies because that's like one thing yes i didn't yeah, so mention tell us, tell us, tell um, us what else okay so products launch today at 1 p.m eastern standard time um, so everything will go live the first 10 orders will receive a free um, pack of note cards um, every mug order right now will receive tea samples for free I also will, every person who orders on today, places an order will be entered to win a free t-shirt of your choice. Um, and people who share about my launch on social media, on specifically like Instagram, those people will be entered to win a mug of your choice. So lots of goodies. And if you are local to Vero Beach, I am going to be offering free local drop-off so. okay awesome lots of so, goodies lots, lots of goodies, of goodies. <laughs> so you don't even have to keep track you just have to buy like one of each thing and all the art prints that you want and you'll be entered to win a ton of stuff yes, yes. So, okay so, i'm so excited yeah. thank you for doing this interview thank you for having me